is a war going on for your mind. Welcome to the Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Nomad, and with us today is the famous Illuminati News anchor himself, the one and only Donut. And today we will be discussing mind control and pop culture. How are you, friend? You know, going into the Dolphins, the Illuminati Dolphins is something I'm very passionate about right now. So I've been looking at all the Dolphins being part of the Illuminati, like SpongeBob's, the master of the universe is part of the Illuminati. He has an Illuminati pyramid on his neck. And then during the Super Bowl, there was the Illuminati meeting of Dolphins. Right. And I started just looking into what can I find about Dolphins? And there's a lot of strange things. They did LSD experiments. This guy, John Lilly, and all this games like Echo that I played as a kid was inspired by this research. I'm noticing that a lot of the social engineering uh, through my upbringing and how much it had an effect on me, it really blows my mind because it seems like big money, big corporate institutions and political powers really have a vested interest in our thoughts of the youth uh, through music, through movements, through even Sesame Street. Uh, which goes into the mind control. Um, so yeah, it, it goes deep with the mind control. It did, all the topics get weird. Dolphins. I've heard that uh, like the dolphin fetus and the human fetus looks very similar. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> That's a young dolph. Young dolph, which you actually brought up, I think, in your last video, right? <laughs> yeah. Young dolph. I don't think he was part of the Illuminati. I think that he was an Illuminati sacrifice. He died on November 17th. He was assassinated right after he released an album called The Illuminati Papers. And he died the day the Illuminati founder died, November 18th in Bavaria. So the day he died was in Bavaria, Adam Weishaupt's death date was november 18th so it would have been the same time just like the grammys took place on the illuminati founder's birthday as well the grammys were on the fifth but in bavaria it was the sixth when he was born so interesting and it was on one of these uh lunar cycles like an eclipse or a blood moon and we're coming up on a blood moon in March, or maybe not a blood moon, but a worm moon. I'm always looking out for these full moon rituals. <laughs> Some people theorize that dolphins are the Atlanteans. Have you ever heard that? Oh, wow. See, I didn't know that. Now I'm learning more. And that's what I love about doing videos is bec- and, and connecting with Nomad Podcast because now I can add more onto it. Uh, what have you heard about the Atlanteans and the dolphin? Well, I think the general theory is that they sort of like maybe transfer their consciousness into these these beings and then were able to sort of survive, you know, the great deluge, the, the great flood or something to that nature. So dolphins used to look like humans and lived in Atlantis. It is thought that the ancestors of dolphins lived on land in a time long past. Once the ancestors of dolphins started living in water, they found out that the medium of water was hard to see through. 
An object 10 to 15 meters away is the farthest a dolphin's eyes can see, even if water are crystal clear, not to mention darker murky waters. So the ancestors of dolphins decided to possess an ability that would enable them to see with their ears by listening to echoes. Sound waves travel through water at a speed of 1.5 kilometers per second, which is almost five times faster than sound traveling through air. Um, so just a very interesting random theory, but I just thought that was fascinating. There seems to be like birds, for example, they sing like twice as fast as we can hear. So there's like this weird thing where certain animals can, they obviously have different um, abilities. And it seems like us as humans are always trying to sort of capture those abilities in some way or form. Oh, wow. Okay. That's dope. That's super dope. Yeah. So dolphins, I'm pretty sure dolphins are mammals and we're mammals too. We're spiritual mammals. And whenever a mammal sees, monkey see, monkey do kind of, right? A mammal will imitate what it sees. So the television is a perfect tool for the simulacrum for uh, ideal image for us to imitate. So you hang out with somebody, you'll start having the same manners um, or you'll start saying the same things. And you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this, you know? So that's just because we're mammals and they train the dolphins to be weapons as well, which is interesting, but a lot of different, you got the pigeons that carry the messages and, you got the military dogs that sniff bombs out and all that are um, drugs. So there are a few things I find interesting, right? We do have this sort of um, commonality with, with water mammals that we don't have with other land mammals. So, for instance, we're born able to swim, but not able to walk or crawl, uh, which most land mammals are actually. So I do find that interesting. And going back to uh, the Atlanteans, ATL, I believe this is why all the hip hop music gets pushed from the ATL. Is, ATL aliens, yeah. Yeah, they even got the Outcast song, ATLians. And the ATL being Atlanta, that's where TI comes from. Like the whole hip hop social engineering came from atlanta mind control today is so deep because of cell phones and technology like that we're mind controlled by so many different aspects of society whether that's social pressure uh, that is a form of mind control because they're influencing what uh, you do and what you not do through shame or guilt and whatnot and the mind control through social media is like next level because they will show you people you don't want to see to piss you off. They will wait for you to get your likes. So you have an anticipatory high. It's all going into addiction to keep your mind wanting more. Uh, it's such a sight. And, and then think about it politically, how they can throw out their, uh, different campaigns of how they want you to think of different narratives as well, rather if it's official or not. Uh, the words that we use like uh, the uh, a libtard or a Q-tard or whatever, um, they're different um, stereotypes. Stereotypes is another form of mind control as well. 
So saying that somebody is a, you know, conspiracy theorist, that's a stereotype. And then they make the image of what is that. And that is like uh, some redneck or something uh, or Mel Gibson. <laughs> you know, that's what they the television will show you. And right. Um, so that's another form. But it goes back to the schooling as well. Uh, schooling. And also it gets, I think, even deeper with just the intentions of people that were surrounded by I believe you've mentioned previously about like drugs and how they're starting to use lsd and things like that one theory i have is that they sort of tried this in the past right when we see like the hippie movement and i think it sort of failed uh because they didn't have that direct access to tell their vision uh you know they did they had television but they didn't have like everybody have a smartphone right and so i think they almost had to bring out the smartphone to make it more effective because before that people were they were getting the brainwash part of it like they're washing their brain but then they were getting back in touch with nature with spirit um instead of what they were trying to put into everybody and so it seems like now that everybody has a smartphone they're able to directly channel their vision and maybe more effectively uh calibrate their brainwashing what do you think about that yeah so it is shown that LSD and drugs make you suggestible, suggestible for whatever they want you to believe. I'm not saying that, you know, people going out and doing whatever they want to do, they, they can do that. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that these big institutions push this for an agenda. So just because peace, love. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, peace and love and all that. But that wasn't the agenda um, for everybody. That's what they thought they were doing. But really, it, you had big money financial institutions funding this and telling them what to think. It was like mind control and the drugs on top of that just made it even bigger. And I believe that this whole push on hallucinogens right now from Joe Rogan's to uh, YouTube, Google's highly pushing hallucinogens right now uh, uh, because they care about us being spiritual. I think that they want to reprogram the central nervous system. And this dude that did these studies on dolphins with ecstasy, there's pictures with him with Timothy Leary. And all these guys were like counterculture, Ten Terrence McKenna. But then you look into who's funding them and then you can see that there's a lot of like Rockefeller money um, and this is connected with the UFOs. So you look into the money that the Rockefellers, Tavistock Institute, the Clinton's, what their, where their money's going into like Podesta and all this, it goes into these mind control operations, the UFO disclosures, and then you just connect all the dots together of all the ufos that we're seeing now and all this ufo push into the hallucinogen push i think that they're doing shock therapy like what we had done over the last few years it just shocks you so much that through fear of just next level war fear fear death you know you get so scared from the cell phone that they can 
reprogram the way that we've been thinking over the last 6,000 years, like if they want to say, yo, we found alien life, well, that's a whole new way of thinking. But if everybody resets their central nervous system through these hallucinogens while this is happening, then it'll be like some weird spiritual renaissance that they can control. Totally. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was getting at is that people have had really good experiences on psychedelics and things. And so I don't think they're inherently bad, but I think they can be used, like you said, to reset the system. I think they tried previously. And what happened is a bunch of people realized that the system was messed up, but then they started to find, you know, spirituality and and get closer to nature and things. And they, and it, because then we see like a, an opposite push, right? Where they started like demonizing all of that stuff again. I think it was because it wasn't quite time yet because they everybody didn't have that personal phone that was always in front of them that they could actually specifically target the fear and stuff. Um, and now I definitely get what you're saying. And I totally agree that they're trying to reprogram people into being in that state where they can then bring in their savior and their solution uh, so that everybody looks to that, right? That's kind of how I see it going down. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. <laughs> I, I I really do. Because I've been social engineered my whole life. Like you got the Chronic album that came out. That was pushing weed onto me pretty much. And I got the Eminem album, which had it was pushing Vicodin. Yeah. And the symbology and these albums and shows, it's all weed. It's all like so like the drugs were pushed heavily and now it's all about the scissor and the lean. So this is my social engineering. You know what I mean? Smoking weed every day. And I'm not yeah. saying that like weed's a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, this is one of the reasons why I was smoking weed was because of uh, all this, you know, <laughs> right. Because of this what, album, this album was one of the reasons. I mean, because look, I look how dope that album looks. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing is, right, once you have eyes to see, I think you can be a little bit more cognitive of the brainwashing. And so you can hopefully protect yourself against it and realize what's going on. So uh, I, I think appreciate... he looks like uh, Adam Weishaupt with the Illuminati there. People, you know, it's right. supposed to be the zigzag man or whatever. But I think it resembles that famous picture of Adam Weishaupt. Also looks kind of like uh, George Washington on the back of the dollar bill, right? Yeah. And a lot of people connect that to Adam Weishaupt because the Illuminati in America were founded at the same time. I think the most interesting thing is Marshall Mathers being related uh, most likely to Samuel Mathers of the Order of the Golden Dawn. Interesting. Uh, do you know much about the Order of the Golden Dawn? I know that Aleister Crowley got kicked out of it and all these people in the music industry, it goes into like magic and secret societies and occult stuff. And this is stuff I'm not taught in school. Uh, you know, this is a secret. And then once you learn about it and you see that all these people are part of these secret cults, it, you kind of feel left out, you know, and you kind of get pissed <laughs> because it's like every, I mean, it, the more you look into everything, everything is like part of these secret clubs. Yeah, you know why they never invite me to no club. It's messed up. Yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> I want to be in that 50 club. Cents, but... <laughs> Fifty cents in the club. Maybe that's what that song's about. Maybe oh. it's not about being in the like club, but being in the Illuminati club. 
I mean, obviously, a lot of celebrities, you know, we see the the symbolism, they flash the one eye and all of this. Do you think that they are part of it? Or do you think they're more just being puppeteered uh, and like controlled, told, hey, do this for the picture, yada, yada, yada? Yeah, that's a great question. And most of it is just, yo, let's do the okay sign. Like, I've filmed music videos before and people just want to do that because everyone does it and they have no idea what they're doing because they're like, it's the mammal right. thing. Um, but the the way I look at it is the high level Kardashian, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny is a great example of high level. Somebody who's being awarded by the Illuminati, just like Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly had a humiliation ritual where he had to wear a dress. He also got dissed by the best rapper alive, right? Eminem. I'm not saying he's the best rapper alive, but that's he's known as the best rapper alive. Sorry, Lil Wayne. I know that you think everybody, everybody I just offended every rapper, but uh, Eminem dissed him. MGK wears a dress, and then he's awarded with uh, Meg, whatever that chick's name from the movies. And those movies are funded by the CIA as well. Like Transformers, they have a big like arm in it. And this young bunny, we're in the year of the rabbit, the year of the bunny. And he did these rituals where he kissed a guy and a girl. It's like the double kiss. Lil Nas X, he did the double kiss. Madonna did it with Christina Aguilera. So you just see the same rituals happen and then they're awarded. Um, so it's easy to point out who it is because they're on, they're usually on top and they're usually doing like on top of the industry, like crushing it. Bad Bunny is now being awarded with a Kardashian and the Kardashians are connected to this big transition that's happening with the social engineering of everybody. <laughs> I'm happy that you threw it up, but they put the eye. This is what's interesting that I never really knew, but they're set worship. And I believe this is why it's called the Satanic Temple Aset, which was in California. And they film it. They film all of this on a set too. Oh damn! They and, yeah, and they cast like casting a spell. You got casting, right? Broadcasting, yeah. Broadcasting. That's dope. Um, I never thought about that. But Set was the god of destruction. And Set gouged out Horace's eye. So they'd be covering their their left eye because that's the eye of Horace that got gouged out. Or maybe it was the right eye. I don't remember. I have to look. I think it's, yeah, it's the left eye. Yeah, so essentially the when you see the one-eye symbolism, you're corresponding it with Set, uh, the Egyptian god of chaos. Is, is that kind of how you understand it? Yeah interesting yeah but i also connected to other stuff as well too um that nobody's connected it to but this is the most obvious one um well give us the juice what's the other ones that people don't normally uh correspond with so uh how they throw up the okay they cut put it over their eye and that's for set um mm -hmm. but just the hand symbol alone it's i think it's the oak the Yule log, the oak tree. Because if you look at a Yule log, it's an oak. An oak sounds like okay, okay. And 
uh, that goes into super ancient. Um, and then you have the three fingers pointing up. And if you look at the Yule log, it's the oak and the three candles. So I think that's where uh, it comes from, too. That's very interesting because I don't know if you knew this, but oak spelled O-C-H here. I'll just even put it on the screen here. Mm-hmm. Um, is believed to be an Olympian spirit in the Grimoire Arbatel de Magia Veturum who rules the sun. So again, we're almost seeing that solar sun worship uh, continue it on right from Egypt to Roman times to where we're at today. Very fascinating. Oh, damn. That's great. That's a great connection right there. Yeah, O-C-H. So I think that's maybe perhaps where we get all of that like oak symbolism that you were referring to. I'm going to have to put that down in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> now, dope. so getting along with all of this like programming and, and this brainwashing, we see a lot of famous artists that tend to come out of this Tavis Scott Institute. Is that correct? So or have affiliation with them in some way, like weren't the Beatles involved with them? Yeah. So like this Tavistock Institute it was funding. It was like a, it's, it's like military intelligence and they have their hands. It's like a rabbit hole, kind of like looking into the different gods and that's mm-hmm. just like a rabbit hole in itself. Cause it just leads you down all these, or even looking in the numbers, you're like, Oh, uh, the Tavistock Institute seems to have their arm in everything with hotels restaurants but what i was studying when it comes to like the beatles and hippies and all this is that they also funded places like the esalen institute which is still exists today which pushes like the new age um stuff for you know right the youth and charles manson visited the insulin esalen institute right before he did all of his murders and mm-hmm. when you look into charles manson's connections with the cia and the beach boys and he killed did the murder spree um because of the beatles white album which was their ninth studio album after sergeant peppers because sergeant peppers brought in the lsd I mean, it was all these different bands working together, Woodstock, The Doors, The Doors named their uh, group after the book, The Doors of Perception, I believe it's called, which was about probably LSD, I think, with uh, Aldous Huxley, I believe. So you could just see like all all, all that, the whole movement of LSD was pushed right. through all these different people and the connections are really like bizarre yeah and then even if you try to look up uh tavis scott institute you're gonna get a bunch of stuff on travis scott right which isn't his real name i don't believe uh and he's probably one of the most i would say demonic uh sets you know like his sets are always very demonic looking and his like promotions and stuff and then obviously he recently had all that controversy where several people died right at his show Um, And people were saying that that was like a sacrificial thing. So it's very interesting that you have that name that seems to very much correspond with like that same energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So you got Travis Scott, then Tavis Stock and Travis Scott, big uh, Illuminati puppet. You know, that was a crazy event that happened. Uh, There's a lot of same connections to the Pearl Jam event as well. That happened and he was wearing a Pearl Jam T-shirt. 
uh, and that same thing happened there. Um, the t-shirt he was wearing and the events that happened are just odd, just like the rust shooting with Alec Baldwin is like the exact same thing that happened to Bruce Lee's Brandon Lee. Um, it just, it's a, the parallels are just crazy. Uh, just like how the UFO incident that happened in Roswell in 1947 is very similar. Oh, that book is crazy. Uh, that is very similar to what's happening now with the balloons, how they're saying it's a UFO. And then they're like, oh, no, no, it's just a, it's just a balloon. That's what they did right. with Roswell. This book is crazy. So I was trying to, I mean, this was the most wild book ever. I enjoyed it. Uh, but it went into how Vladimir Putin was part of, uh, uh, he was under mind control and then he found a computer code to break him and all of the people who followed him out of it. So, I mean, that sounds pretty wild. I took some, a lot of stuff with a grain of salt, but mm -hmm. um, the truth you know is much than fiction though. It is. Uh, do you know much about this icon that they have here? This sort of coat of arms looking thing with several owls on it and what looks like a lamb hanging from the center star, which could perhaps be Polaris. Oh, that is interesting. What do you see? I don't. I, I didn't really look into it, and I should have because I mean that symbol is crazy. Well, the, I mean the obvious thing that stands out to me is the owls uh, surrounding it, right? You see, if you like fold or look closely at the dollar bills, there's like owls hidden on them. And then mm -hmm. obviously you have the six God who's known for the sign, right? Uh, Drake, he always is, owls are like his theme. Um, mm -hmm. And so you you definitely see that theme sort of, in my opinion, carried out with the same energy. I'm very much, I try to look at the fruit of what these entities or these symbols are bearing, right? Because like you said, it's easy to go down a rabbit hole and get confused, but I think you can recognize a tree and its fruit. And so if you really start to look at the energy that's being produced from these icons and symbols, it kind of helps. Right. And so, again, it's just I think of Drake, I think of Travis Scott, I think of the Tavistot Institute, and then I'm seeing the owls. So it all very much is fitting and helping form that narrative, showing that there is some sort of mind control, social engineering going on, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to them Illuminati dolphins like you got the owl right at Bohemian Grove. Right, MK that's another one. Yeah, MK Ultra is all about the blue bird. You got the octopus aliens mind controlling, and you even see movies like Pirates of the Caribbean with the octopus and Catula, the octopus. Um, so the animals I like to look into because they are like symbols that actually like run deep. It looks kind of crazy that it's a sheep, you know. <laughs> too right it looks like they're like it's the sheep is like on a chain or something or like it's almost being sacrificed or something so mm -hmm. not like a that's not the energy that i would want to be in the club of <laughs> but you know being around all of this brainwashing right that we're talking about have you found any good methods for sort of combating that making sure you're not falling into their brainwashing that's a great that's a great question um because I thought I was free from the brainwashing because I thought I was woke, right? Come to find out that most of the woke stuff was another counter, program. Was another program. <laughs> so I'm kind of going through my own little uh, thing right now. I think meditation is a, is a good thing. Introspective, um, becoming more introspective, 
is a good thing as well. I think totally. those two things. Introverts are harder to put through hypnosis than an extrovert. Mm. Um, so I think meditation is important. And also having vocation. Also, there's so many elements. Like I think whatever your spirituality is too, diving into that. Because then you're not counting on the more you don't need to count on man for um, you rely on like God rather than relying right. on man. I think that's a good way yeah. as well. There's a lot of different ways. People always say breathing. I'm trying to do that, but I'm not an expert in that. So I can't really say anything there. But uh, yeah, I don't think you need to be an expert. I will say that just taking the time to intentionally breathe will change. I mean, it changed my life for sure. Just uh, giving more breath to your body. We're all we or at least I was I was walking around just shallow breathing all the time. And once you actually take time to intentionally breathe, it does give you a new sense of life. Um, and as far as the meditation and prayer goes, I would say for me, that has been super beneficial as well. Taking the time to reboot the system, right? We've been programmed since we were born uh, by our pastors, by our parents, by our friends, by poets, by musicians, by uh, authors. They've all been trying to program us to tell us who to be and what to do. And I think the best way to deprogram yourself is to take time to meditate to get rid of everything and focus on your breathing and get in touch with source i do believe that we were uh, created in some way shape or form and that there is an ultimate good that everything is moving towards and i think we can tap into that uh, but it is hard if you're constantly being bombarded with other brainwashing and other programs i have found also another way of uh, just a practical way of helping is once you've sort of reset the system and you get a good sense of the fruit that the source or whatever you want to call it, God has given us, you know, do something to remind yourself of that every day, right? I think the shirt I'm wearing right now is a great example. I made this shirt, I had a bunch of different friends write out the fruit of the spirit, like a different word. And then I just put it on a shirt. And so when I wear this shirt, it's like I'm clothed in the fruit that I want to be producing. And it, it helps me when I see the words to remember, okay, this is what's important, right? There may be all this crazy predictive programming going on, all of these fear mongering stories, but that's not who I truly am, right? So just another example of how we can kind of do that. And it's been beneficial for me. Yeah. And that's also important, I guess, for my own life, uh, the vocation part, doing what I love to do. I love making videos and whatever and surrounding myself with things that inspire me that really helps out like this. Somebody like my, my friend's daughter painted this for me. This was a gift. This was my parents. Like I don't really buy anything. <laughs> like everything's like a gift. I buy the books, but right. <laughs> most stuff I have has been like a gift. Yeah, just... be intentional, right, about what you surround yourself with. I think I see a lot of this going on right now. It seems like murder mystery is like the, the most popular genre. And like, you know, <laughs> people that and no, no, no judgment by all if you're into that. But like what I see happening is, is um, people are getting into that stuff. They'll be watching it. And then they're distrusting of people. You know, they're mm -hmm. not assuming positive intent. They're they're thinking everyone's out to kill them. <laughs> and and that is a way to divide and make people fearing of each other instead of coming together and being loving. 
so I would just say be cognitive of that. If you are into murder mystery and all that stuff, just be aware of it. Don't let it tarnish your view of all humans just because someone made a story on like a minute case uh, that may or may not even be real. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, I've seen some crazy stuff cause I grew up in Vegas. So when I was a little kid, I met a serial killer and he's went to jail, but he was murdering people like next door to my dad's store. And wow. And then later on in life, I walked home from school with this one kid and I went home to my family and had like a good life, but he went the other way and he just like broke into some guy's home and murdered him. And I'm just like, what? Uh, so there's all this weird murder stuff that happened like uh, in my life and it, it was scary. So I would dive into like the serial killers and the horrorcore rap and horror movies. And um, so I, I feel like what's the psychology of people? I feel like all these people that watch these mystery murders, like, you know, the show you about stalking and killing, it's like the number one show. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a, a shadow side that I've embraced pretty well. Um, like I don't, I've, I've embraced my shadow pretty good. Um, but I look at the world and I know that they don't because they show up so happy and peaceful like they they figured it out and then they i don't know it's just weird this is just my own thoughts i i i'm not an expert in this i'm, I'm just saying I've, yeah. i noticed these well put together people at the family events or at social functions the well put together people you go see into their life they love watching the murder mysteries or going out hunting and killing animals and then they come back and they're all calm and peaceful it's kind of like what's going on you know like <laughs> I, I don't know i know i'm kind of all over the place on that no that I was good that's like psychological going on yeah that's a good point i you know i have parents who i love and if they're listening i love you but you know they sometimes they even brought up this story they were staring staying in an airbnb and they were watching on netflix some murder documentary right and then somebody knocked on the door and they instantly were you know freaked out <laughs> like it was this guy's a little bit later at night kind of like a weird timing um but it's like you know the first thought that's in their mind is like oh my gosh someone's trying to kill me right which is like fear not trusting other people <clears throat> i think that's a great example my parents are kind loving peaceful people but you know even the they were succumbed to that brainwashing and in, in some way shape or form right <laughs> Right. And I mean, it goes deep, bro. It goes so deep. Uh, I know we're scared of loud noises and I believe falling, loud noises and falling. So take that for what it is. A lot of these horror movies today, all they are just loud noises. Like there's no psychological elements to it. So when I find a good horror film with a psychological element to it i really like it where it gets me thinking like walking dead also i'd watch that back when i was drinking and smoking weed i would watch that and walk to the store with chan because we used to be just walking in the alleyway together and my cat and it was like three four in the morning and i 
on the knife with me and i'm just like every noise i was like oh there's a zombie i'm gonna have to kill it uh exactly yeah and, and then my mom she calls me and she's like alex please don't go outside around four it was in a good neighborhood don't be walking around at 3 a.m there's creeps out there and, and it hit me while i'm walking through the neighborhood with like a knife out <laughs> i'm the creep <laughs> that she's warning yeah. me about and it was That's a revelation crazy. right there yeah so do you find it uh that you're still kind of if you do watch something like that are you still kind of affected by it even though you sort of know what's going on yeah there is i think people get addicted to emotions because i'm i still i listen to gangster rap horror rap watch horror films um and i like them i like to be scared um at times too but i also watch a lot of comedies and i like to laugh a lot too and i like to cry a lot i like to watch a movie where i could cry when no one's around <laughs> yeah you and i think you know again i'm not judging or anything i think there's a time and a place for all of that but it's just been something that i've been working on as i try to think about you know i've the first step was noticing that this is going on and then I had to sort of step back from all of that because I didn't want that to be my reality, right? I think we sort of reflect what we what we see in a lot of ways. And so I have been very intent about trying to consume things that are more positive and more of like the life that I want to create, right? Um, and, I, and so again, that's not to say that you can't enjoy those things, and but just knowing that it's going on will help, I think, at least... A little bit so you don't let those you might still feel that way but you won't necessarily act on it like oh yeah i'm kind of scared that this person knocking on my door might be a creep but i'm not gonna like not answer the door and be nice because of that you know so yeah this this is great thank have you, you so much noticed for bringing up these. have you noticed a big difference from switching into different because you know you hear the studies of like putting love on the water bottle and it changes it um uh did you notice anything? Yes, I for sure. Once I've started doing that, my life has been a total change. Like uh, literally the people that I'm around now have changed even like it seems like as I shifted my frequency, I'm I've been surrounded by people that are also like a better frequency. And so as I've progressed in my journey, I've also been brought around other people that are sort of at that same frequency. And it's helped me not only have more peace, but be more productive in actually attaining the goals that I want to attain. I feel more focused. I'm not being like brought back down into that that lower chakra, that that fear state, right? Because that's what it does when you're afraid of everything. You know, you start thinking like, oh my gosh, the, everybody's watching me. They They see what I'm uh, what I'm watching, what I'm doing, where I'm going, it, it can be paralyzing, right? Where you don't even want to do anything. You don't want to put your your art out there because you're afraid somebody, the CIA is going to see it and come knocking on your door or something like that. Uh, you don't want to put out a podcast because of what you're talking about. So I've found that when, I, when I've removed that fear programming, I'm able to speak my truth a little bit more clearly and not be living my life in fear, which has allowed me to make a lot of big jumps, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I would take a one step further um, that I think it's the plants can see our intentions, right? They did these experiments on plants with Clive Baxter. Uh, he put up the plants to a polygraph. And also other people did this as well. I believe this John Tilly guy that was doing the LSD with the dolphins also did stuff with plants. 
and they talked about like sex and there was the organ energy that made the plants excited. It was vibrating at the vibrations of like excitement. And there's different plants that if you walk in with an intention to hurt it, the plants will know and faint like emotionally. So the polygraph machine wouldn't go off. Right. And so I think that it's not really what is being said or felt. I think it's more of the intention that you put behind it. Like, yo, I want to feel better about myself. So I'm going to listen to this and that intention, because like you can listen to heavy metal and be like, and have positive experiences with it. And that's like, and make that intention makes you feel more powerful. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, so hundred no, percent uh, with the studies that you were talking about um, where they put taped words on the water and froze it and then looked at the structures, you could see that the intent that had positive affirmations was more symmetrical and beautiful versus the chaotic ones uh, that were like more negative words. Those created more chaotic structures. And I think that that is the most important thing. However, I think it goes sort of the order of things is like intent, sound, and then light. And so I think what happens a lot of times is we are manipulated in the light and sound spectrum, which can affect our intent. And so as long as you are able to really monopolize on the intent and not be sucked into the light and the sound programming that's going on, um, you can sort of overcome being you can you can transmute that energy so you can still be around people that maybe aren't on that frequency but not let it bring you down so i do think that uh, their intent is the most important but i do think that light and sound has a major effect on it as we see in all of the programming that goes on in, in from these cinemagicians right and it also goes into uh just vibrational uh like the vibration that people be putting off because we live in this bioenergetic field of different people you walk by someone you're like oh, i get a bad vibe from that guy or there's somebody you get a positive vibe with so we're being manipulated on that aspect there's this great book called uh power versus force right power is like yo i want to follow that dude because he's awesome right and force is like i'm gonna follow this dude because he got a gun to my head you know so power versus force there's different like levels of energy that's another good book by the same author levels of energy where they've like set up what are the different energy levels to it fantastic book i mean incredible but they even have like the scale to the of uh the levels of different energy but this is super true um you can see this in social interactions if you go out and you want to meet people if you go in with the the negative vibe like it's hard to meet people and if you're like in this positive vibe and you're just like yo and want to give value to people People are going to want to talk to you and vibe with you. It's pretty crazy. And I got a little niece and I do the same thing. I'm like, yo, what's up? It's Dota. And she'll be all excited and want to give me a hug. And which is really cool to see that with like a kid. But you go out and this is like how you network when you want to meet people. So um, we're being manipulated through the light spectrum too, through the supermarkets and the sounds. That's a perfect example of mind control is the supermarket. 
in the white noise movie had the supermarket and that was like the ritual where everyone went to but when you go into a supermarket right when you step in they got the chicken cooking so you start salivating every single thing is set up for you to consume the music playing is always some love song about providing for your family like bringing those feelings like i like i love you and you're like i'm gonna buy everything <laughs> and then even the kids the bottom rows are made for the kids so it's all the sugar and all the right. cartoons and the colors of the cartoons right like the high vibrational colors and you go to a resort right go to a fancy resort and you'll hear there's water fountains everywhere because you hear the water fountain, which relax you. So you're at the resort. You're wondering, why am I so relaxed? Well, it's because they got water fountains everywhere. So you're hearing the natural waterfall. And then you hear the music that plays in the resort. And it's like some baller music, like where you feel like a baller. The casino is the same way. It's all designed for mind control. So mind control is very, it's all over the place. It's yeah, so just place. to be aware of it. <laughs> and figure out how you can sort of brainwash yourself right so figure out how you actually want to be and then surround yourself with those things so that you can become that person instead of just being programmed how they want you to program be programmed at least that's how it's uh, been beneficial for me because i think some people will see all this and they'll just be almost paralyzed by it right instead of just trying to take action uh, you're not going to be able to avoid all of this programming. So the best thing you can do is to figure out how to transmute it and and become the person you want to be uh, just in spite of it. Have you ever heard of the Tao Te Chang? No, what's that? The Tao Te Chang is by Lao Tzu. He's, no one really knows who he is, but it's like a Buddhist type of philosophy. It's a great book. Like It was written thousands of years ago, I believe. But if you listen to it, it's still relevant today. It's really good. That is another way to, I feel like, deprogram. I found that back in like 20, 2008 or nine, And it just made me think a lot differently. I think comedy, too, is a way to deprogram. It's a sign of intelligence, uh, comedy. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And I appreciate how you you bring that element to your talks and to your videos. You always try to make sure there's that lighthearted comment comedic spirit. So thank bro, you. For I was that. laughing my ass off, bro, with the Illuminati Dolphin intro. Because <laughs> it's so like ridiculous sounding. Yo, we gotta go into the Illuminati Dolphins and then it shows the Illuminati pyramid. And like right. the, it's like really stupid. But then the cool thing is is like the way I do a video is by the, I, when I'm happy with the video and I'm like, I like, that's when I know it's done. Like it starts off funny, but then like you learn something too. Even that's the one thing that I think is about creating content is the value thing. Just like a social interaction. When you're going to meet people, you want to give them, give value. Right. And it's the same way digitally where a lot of people, they just make videos and they don't give value. That's one of my uh, principles is to compact as much value as possible, except for in live shows and podcasts. That's more of like a hangout and a different vibe, but compacting all the value. And then, you know, it's just like a networking at a business event where here's my business card. 
the you hit the subscribe right. button for my business yeah. card. Value exchange. I think that's what the that's very important. And I think that that has been taken away in a lot of aspects or it's been sort of perverted with the implementation of the monetary system that we use. So instead of, you know, relying on your neighbor who's a good roofer to come fix your roof and having to have a good relationship with them because, you know, if you need your roof fixed, you you want to be nice to the man. Well, right. now now we can just go to the middleman, the money. And we can just, you know, pay whoever to do it. And we don't have to worry about having that good relationship. And I think that that has sort of seeped into our society and, and again, worked towards dividing us. I think in God's perfect plan, we wouldn't need money, but we would just be nice to each other and help out when we can, right? That's a great, great point. I never even thought about that, but I've seen that uh, where... People would be like, "Oh, here, I'll just, I'll just get you a new one or something." It's like you can't give me a new one. That one is like one of a kind. Right. <laughs> that was gifted to me. Right. Uh, like I let someone borrow something that meant a lot to me, and then they they give it to someone else or sold it, and they're like, "Oh, I'll just buy you another one." And it's just like, "Yeah, how are you gonna buy me another one?" Like, so like someone that died gave me that, or you know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird, but everything is like a value, like an exchange of energy. And that's like that science kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Dumb science people, smart, some smart science guy built it. So it breaks all the time. Uh, yeah. But like the law of, uh, I forget what it is, thermodynamics or something. Maybe not, but there's like Nothing an exchange be cre created of Created or destroyed or something. Else. Yeah. Yeah. So like you got a log and you light it on fire. It doesn't get destroyed. It just turns into a different form of energy. Right. And so it's like if you're just receiving all the time and not giving it, not like about your, it, it's going to, it's going to be weird. Like uh, prosperity makes monsters. Adversity makes men. Is that saying? Yeah. I look at it as like, if it won't flow through you, it won't flow to you. So if you're just damming up all that energy and you're not sharing it, you're not letting it flow, then eventually it's going to stop flowing to you. Um, Bro, this happens down. to me all the time with creating content. I'm not sure about you, um, but like I'd be trying to create content and I can't get the words out of my mouth and I freeze up and I'm just like, I can't even explain what I'm trying to say. And it gets so frustrating and I'll, I'll make a video and record it like three, four, five times all through the week. And I just can't get it done. Um, but I'm like working eight hours a day trying to get it, get it out. Um, but then I do get it out eventually and I edit it and it comes out amazing. And I'm, I feel like I broke through it, but I get a lot of blockages. Um, I think for me to break free, uh, I, I love doing the video stuff, like the vocational stuff that makes me pretty happy, but I feel like, uh, I feel like I need to like spice things up too. Sometimes I'll move my set around, but, uh, facing fears is a huge way to become free too. Um, yeah. And, and, in a, in a safe way, not in like a crazy way. Yeah. I mean, I think that I don't know. There's people who will say fear is important because it will guide you into like what not to do and stuff. 
and maybe, but I've really tried to not make decisions based off fear and it has been super beneficial. I think a better way to look at it is how, like, what's the, what's the benefit cost ratio kind of thing, right? Like certain things are going to give you more benefit uh, and the, the potential cost is going to be a lot worse. So like an example for me is skydiving for, for me, I'm not scared to go skydiving. I'll go skydiving if someone really needs me to, but it's not like the benefit is not outweighing the potential cost. If that makes sense, like yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not go scared skydiving. of it, but it's not something that's like gonna bring so much benefit to my life. It's like worth the risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what I mean, um, I guess by the, I I agree with you a million percent. Um, even I don't like to make decisions when I'm angry, which is also just fear uh, and sadness right. to mix together. Um, what I'm kind of pointing out is like, I'm scared to do a live stream. Every time I get, I get so scared where I start sweating and I'm like, Oh my God. But it's like, but then I do it. And then I face that fear. And it was the public speaking is like one of the biggest fears for people it was a big fear for me. Totally. But, but like now I, I do it, I'll do it, you know? Um, and I get scared before I do it, but I still do it. And, um, and that's that introspective part too. Yeah. No, that's a great example. I, I think I heard somewhere once where people used to be, uh, like judged in a public setting where they had to like make their case publicly speaking. And then if they didn't, make the case good enough they would be like stoned to death and so i don't know if that maybe is why so like i definitely have a, a fear of public speaking as well and doing the podcast has helped me become more articulate and able to sort of transmute those those fears right uh but yeah i totally get that and i think like you said that is a great example of how we can not let fear stop us because if we did we wouldn't be here having this beautiful conversation that we're having now and this also goes into the mind control too with society. So if we stand up and speak out or we don't go along with the crowd, well, then we're going to be stoned or isolated. That's what we're seeing even now, right? They make examples of people um, when they don't, when they speak out of line, when they speak outside of what the, what the culture that they're pushing is, they are ostracized, right? They're canceled. That's, That's the word. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Ostracized, canceled. That is all like going back and, and dude, I've been ostracized from so many places. This is weird that I have a YouTube channel where people actually are like, whoa. Uh, but the number one question I get not on podcasts, but in real life is, do you really believe all the things that you're saying, you know? And according to that answer is if they're going to hang out with me, yes or no. Right. And which is crazy, right? Because I hang out with so many people that if I, you know, they would not agree with half of the things I believe, probably most of them, <laughs> you know, but I, I'm able to transmute that and still hang out with people. But yeah, it's I totally feel you. A lot of people don't even want to hang out with you if you think a certain way. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I feel like relying on God rather than human mm -hmm. um is so beneficial because like now before i used to rely on oh i need to be around people i need to go out i need to go i'm missing out now i'm happy being alone with my cat i'm good like i'm super good and i love that uh but you also need 
socializing in your life too you know <laughs> yeah well and like you said not necessarily alone but with god right or would you mind if i ask sort of what your spiritual history has been yeah i was raised jewish i went to orthodox temple i had bar mitzvah became a man at 13 then i said all right now it's time to give get high and drunk and not believe a God. And then I, I stopped believing in a God and questioned it all. Just thought it was stupid how um, in the name of God, all these different religions kill each other. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, and I had a lot of resentment towards that. And I thought it was weak. Um, and then it turns out that I was wrong um a, a lot of it um that it isn't weakness it's strength having uh relying on uh god and not a human power for power and strength that that's nothing but strength and i remember i was dating this girl and her family was mormon but she was like me she like david ike and uh <laughs> questioned religion and I remember hanging out with her grandfather and he was Mormon and we, he did a prayer though. I don't remember it, but it was like, Jesus bless this food and make us strong. And my family, we never prayed. Um, and he did it, but I felt something. And I was like, wow, I felt something. And this guy never pushed religion on me, but he, I saw that he had a relationship with God. And then when I got sober, that was part of uh, the process of getting sober. And then I started praying and meditating and things started working out. And then I developed a, right now I have a, it's a friendship, I would say. It's a, a friendship, but more like, also like a father relationship too, I would say. And maybe even a mother relationship too. Um, just all the different, uh, just a, a nice, yeah. healthy relationship with God. And I don't know. I don't think you can. I don't think you can explain what God is because it's something that's not explainable. Um, so I, I think I'm not against. Uh, I think that everyone should be free. I'm all about freedom. It, and everyone should be free to be who they want to be and all that. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's definitely I, the one of the biggest things that I've noticed is a lot of the religions that seek to control people um, have often been used to kill people. Uh, but it, again, if you look at the fruit of the spirit, right, it's not it's not, in my opinion, at least what Jesus was was preaching. Jesus is kind of my go to. Um, I think that he exemplified how to live better than anyone. He asked questions and told parables that made people think for themselves and question everything. And then they came to realize, right, what, what God is and having that relationship with God, like you said. Uh, but, you know, I, I went to the Catholic Church just to learn, like, kind of what they were about, because I've always been in, uh, into learning about other opinions and views. I grew up in a more Pentecostal church, uh, Assemblies of God. Um, but what I noticed the big difference was, was they do not focus on that relationship. It's very much about going to the person, to the priest, 
and talking to them so that they can talk to God. It's about doing all of these rituals uh, that, in, in my opinion, you don't need to do. I think, like you said, just being alone, you know, with your cat talking with God, like that's good enough, you know, and that's that's more you'll feel that power more in my experience than, you know, going to some earthly person and, and trying to talk to them about it. Uh, does that make sense? Would you kind of agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, it, it works for different people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I got sure. a, a bunch of Catholic friends. That's all they do is Catholicism and they love it. And that's what they do. I got atheist friends who just meditate, uh, but that's their way of communicating with God. And, I got a lot of Christian friends as well. And that works for them. I got a lot of Jewish homies and they, that's what works. You know, it's, uh, I just feel like everybody should be free to do whatever they want. Um, and what I've noticed through my spirituality of like, it's about action too. So like it's prayer, but it's also action. And there's different principles it's not just like a one-stop solution i think to have a good life like jesus i believed did a bunch of different things like there was forgiveness that was involved with it uh so you have more than just the prayer right. part there's other things to do i know that gratitude when i can get into the attitude of gratitude works um the the two things that i always talk about is uh what am i in control of and that's my attitudes and my action. So if I can have a good attitude and take the correct actions, right? And the way I, what's a correct action, the way I can figure that out if I'm confused is I say, where are my feet? It's kind of like the breathing thing that you talk about. Kind of just stop and then just ask God, what would God want me to do next? And then that will give me, I need to yeah. do that more. I need to do that's that beautiful. more, bro. I'm happy that we're talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, the practical, again, looking at the fruit, right? So Jesus, the the Holy Spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, as we know, you know, you could look at the man and people will often uh, get caught up, I think, into the semantics of like, who was the man? What was his name? Was it Jesus? Was it Yeshua? You know, whatever. But when you look at the fruit of the Spirit of who he was, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that has really been my foundation of like, okay, whenever I'm thinking of like, is this action a good action? That's kind of what I go back to is like, okay, does this match up with the fruit of the spirit, which I believe Jesus was the, um, the example of God's perfect will. I believe God has a perfect will and a permissible will. And so the perfect will is like what he would love for everyone to do, but he gave us free choice, right? And so an analogy I often use is uh, if my son's walking on a trail and there's like a trail that's on lava rock and then one that's on grass, sometimes he just wants to go in the lava rock and I don't want him necessarily to do that, but I might allow it just so he can kind of learn and still experience things and he might fall and bruise his leg, but it was permissible still, right? My perfect will would be for him to go on the grassy part where he can just frolic and not worry about falling and hurting himself. And that's kind of how I look at this reality is like the closer we get to God's perfect will, the less sort of um, boo-boos we're going to get, right? Yeah. And even when the boo-boos come, it's not a big deal as much. Right. Uh, yeah. Th it's, it's still all... part of God's permissible will. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing is letting go and letting God, like the more I could, 
relinquish and surrender control over to God, which is a daily thing because every morning I'll wake up and take my will back as much as I will pray and meditate. I'm flawed and I'll take, and I think I'm in control. I think if I do this and I do this, I do, if I do these things, if I can manipulate these things, then everything will work out. And it's carrying a rock. It's carrying the world on my shoulders and I need to let go of that rock. And I, it's hard to do a lot of times because it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. And it's weird because it's like, it's also with money and dating and whatnot. Like when you want something, it's like the poor get poor, the rich get richer. And there's sort of a, an energetic like law of the universe too, where the more you are trying to want something, the more like it goes away. Uh, And I've noticed this with, like the more I want to be in a relationship or date and not be lonely, the more lonely I got. And then when I could just be like, okay, I'm done. And I, I, I give up. And then someone will call me or something or text yeah. me back. And that also goes with finances too. The more I'm like, oh my God, I don't got enough money. Uh, whenever I say F it, which is like just surrendering to God in a sense, like, uh, then things work out much better than I want them to work out. But the thing is, is that I, it's like a daily thing. Like I don't do that. I got to do that right now. So I'm happy that we're talking about it. Yeah, I think there's so much nuance there because I do think that we are able to, I have found that when I align my desires and my will with God's perfect will, then having that focus and that intent is an added uh, power that will help it happen. But if you're doing it outside of that, then the, the universe is going to be like, uh, it's going to make it harder almost because you're trying to do that outside of God's will, if that makes sense. Uh, but once you've sort of aligned your will with God and you, you're like, okay, I believe that this vision, this path that God has put me on is the right path. And you start working towards that path, then you are working with God in, in together, right? And I think that that is when the real magic happens, if that makes sense. It is. It's the same like principle as that's why the Tao Te Ching is really dope because it goes into that in metaphors too. And it's not like a, a religious thing at all. That's it. Um, so like if you're, it's not like preaching like a God or anything. It's just like right. ways to live life. And like one of the things is like you got the currents going, right? A river is flowing this way so you're streaming against the river right that's not going to work you can go with the flow of it and kind of go the direction you want to go by going with that so you can be with like god's going to have his will done nature will have its will done so it being aligned with that would be better than going to get going against that you can try to surf against the wave or wait for that perfect moment and and, and ride it and that's a great way to build your YouTube channel too. That's how I built my YouTube channel as well. So you got certain topics that are trending and you talk about those topics. For example, Kim Kardashian just got her butt plants removed, right? That's going to be a number one trending topic. Talk about that. You're you're going to get views. Uh, right. it's, it's sad. Like I just put out a video today and it says something wicked 
is gonna happen and i always put that in a title because it's a clickbait jason a type title like that's what works like and people are like you say this is gonna happen every single month and it's like okay i can make the title um in today's video like you just do a normal title no one's going to click it. No one's going to watch it. If you have an important message that you want people to see or art, you want people to see it. So you're going to be competing with McDonald's and all this. So in this world that we live in now, you clickbait, you got to do, uh, unless you are a Kardashian or something and you got, you know, that type of influence. Right. Well, you're trying to you're trying to capture what society's looking for and hopefully help uh, channel them in the right direction. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. And I get I get a lot of pushback on on those titles, <laughs> uh, which is which is great. But I think that in my videos, I'm bringing good information. It's not just like a clickbait title where I'm like, yo, this is going to happen. This is my thought. Go subscribe to my Patreon. <laughs> you know, what I'm, if you just added a question mark at the end? So this is going to happen. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. See, that's the best way. That's how I like to approach life is with the question mark. Yeah. Like uh, in my whole channel, like interviewing people and they're like, yo, this uh, Sodomic portal or this uh, <laughs> um, or right here, even different religious people. Uh, you know, maybe they're right. Let me hear what they got to say. You know, I like yeah, to do the main think, piece. Yeah. Asking questions again, like I, and I learned that from Jesus. That was like, one of the things is the more I read the Bible, I was like, man, the way it's not just what he's saying, but it's like the way he's saying it is, is very beneficial because that's when we start getting issues, right? When we have the crusades because everybody's telling people what to believe and this is how you have to believe, right? instead of just asking questions uh, again i think we see a lot of sort of christ clout writers and you know other oh, for uh, there's sure, other bro. there's other teachers but you know i think that's what like for example well, they, you have the people... bad taste in your mouth from religion because people have used the name of christ in, in a in yeah, a way for, he never for, meant and he even warned against it <laughs> yeah for money and like right. that's satanism like in my, my opinion like doing what you your will like that's the whole satanist like principle is doing your will and i see a lot of religious people i look at them and i'm like that they're satanists that's what they're doing uh a lot of self-help people and all that and, I, and i'm like I, I wonder if they know this or not but they they align perfectly with that uh philosophy and right. the whole society that we're under this whole mind control society is the philosophy of like Aleister Crowley and thy own will and worldly pleasures and the YOLO. That's an ancient YOLO's ancient, all the stuff that we see like, yo, I'm just, I don't need to care about the future. I'm going to enjoy my life and oh, I'm going to do this. It, it sounds good, but th these are straight from Aleister Crowley. Yeah. And look at this man. Like it's not a man of, these are not the faces of peace or <laughs> joy. Like it's a scary looking face. Yeah, and the whole right there, Lom, that alien-looking head, uh, and there's the moon child, the alien-looking head. That's where we get this whole concept of these gray aliens, too, is from Crowley. So even uh, all this stuff is coming from these people, and he summoned this creature 
And also, if you go down, there's the uh, moon child as well, which is interesting because that cover, there's like a bunny hidden in it. Uh, and Aleister Crowley is on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album. Sergeant Peppers is the same letters as Aleister Crowley when they start the album. It was 20 years ago today, 20 years before that album was released was huh. Aleister Crowley's death. Um, so there's a big connection there. Yeah. And do you know what exactly the he wanted to usher in the age of Horus? Was that it? Or yeah, the Aeon of Horus, the age of Horus, Horus. Um, yeah, he wanted to do a bunch of weird stuff. He also had this other cult called AA, which was two triangles, which goes into alchemy. And this is why Bad Bunny and Emmanuel AA, a man who has a song called Illuminati with Lil Pump, they're both being awarded by the Illuminati because they're all into this whole Aleister Crowley stuff. And the yeah, <laughs> and, and again, right, this is all about like, do without wilt you know it's not necessarily about like how can you help elevate the people around you and help others it's like it's very much in my opinion like a selfish philosophy would you would you agree yeah for sure and like i don't got any resentment towards this dude at all you know i you know like i'm not like on some like oh let's, right. let's we gotta get rid of these people like they should be free to do whatever to they want it's good for people to know like where a lot of yes, these um these theologies sure. and stuff come from because we see you know jay-z wearing the shirt that says do without wilt and all of this right they're always uh doing similar signs and it seems like we always have this almost homage to alistair crowley and when you start to look into some of the stuff that he was about and what he did it, it's kind of dark uh in a lot of ways so again yeah do you everyone should do their own research and and again go within right and pray and meditate and see what resonates but uh just be aware that some of this stuff comes from where it comes from yeah and even that symbol if you like there's so many symbols i've been learning the symbols like the 777 that's Alistair Crowley, and that's a lightning bolt. So you always see these lightning bolts, like Marilyn Manson, mm -hmm. because it's the seven. And even this image on the left, the Hermetic Order, the Golden Dawn, the Rose, Rosy Cross, the Rosicrucian Cross, it's even the North Star as well, because you can see that there's eight points to right. it, like ma like massive points to it. Um, and nothing wrong with symbols. I don't. There's nothing. People be freaking out over symbols. Like symbols aren't bad uh in, in my opinion um but they mean something they carry intent right and so it's important to figure out what that intent is uh, mm -hmm. before you like you know worshiping it or tattooing it or whatever just figure out like what's the intent what's the fruit behind it and then he's also got this book called the book of lies and um very interesting because it's called the book of lies and it's all about like lying so even the title of the book the book of lies that even that is a lie like what if he's telling the truth you know <laughs> he says it's a lie and right. i've been looking into this egg rituals and these fertility rituals and the year of the rabbit and on page 69 of this book of lies he talks about eggs in it and the egg be popping up every seven years, like 
Shemitah years and Jubilee years. So they're using stuff like straight out of, you know, Genesis in a sense, or uh, Old, Old Testament, even I, I believe New Testament too uses that. So like everything is not evil, but they, these are just symbols and whatnot. But it's interesting because all the stuff happening on the world stage uh, goes into these these symbols. I've never read this book, but I've listened to a lot of people uh, podcast that have read it. Yeah, and that seems to be what these people do, right? Is these magicians? Is they'll they'll twist the truth. They'll they're sort of again clout ride something great and then and then shift it for their own gain. Uh, which in in my understanding of like what witchcraft what, what like bad witchcraft is is like you're forcing your will on others and you're trying to manipulate others uh and you know another example of this is the books of thoth well i from my understanding alistair crowley sort of took what was the book of thoth and he sort of repackaged it into his own um sort of uh narrative that he wanted to put out there again probably sort of hiding the fact that we used to have some real knowledge perhaps in the original book of those so that's something i've been meaning to look into a little bit more but just a good example i think of kind of how we see this uh, played out over and over again yeah and he was a spy for british intelligence uh these magicians or a lot of them are spies we even had a magician muholland who taught the cia how to deceive people through like a magic trick how they a magic trick you kind of deceive the audience with um whatever and alistair crowley like yeah just weird like this is all political and the more i looked into the lsd the brainwashing the tavistock institute and the counterculture terrence mckenna even people i admire and really help me wake up like alan watts um with buddhism I still really dig Alan Watts, um, but you can see that there's this big connection of the counterculture, which seemed organic, really wasn't. This was all funded for a reason, which is really hard to like look at the truth because it's better to just like to say that, yo, I bought into something is hard to do um, because that means I was wrong. uh, And now I got to look at reality a whole new way. And uh interesting little sink here so I, I was looking up the radio demon that you were talking about uh, in the, one of your latest episodes and it, it says alistair also known as the radio demon is a sinner demon and is one of many powerful overlords of hell <laughs> so yeah so that's sink. from a cart that's from a cartoon and like that's funny right alistair crowley and they named the right. radio demon in the radio demon I was listening to a rabbi um, talk about it because I was trying to learn about the Gomorrah because I did this interview um, and I wanted to connect some dots. And this rabbi was talking about how the Gomorrah talked about a demon named radio and radio could speak from one side of the world to the other. And that's what a radio does. And radio is a universal term, he was saying that every culture doesn't have different words for radio. They all call it radio. And I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it was just interesting. And he also talked about the Gomorrah talking about a bird will lay an egg on a city and destroy the whole city. That was kind of weird too. Like, what does that mean? Cause I'm looking into any egg type rituals 
and could that be a bomb or could that be some sort of like phoenix type event or like who knows what it is yeah i think satan is also described in the bible as like uh as like uh in accordance with the prince of the power of the air right so like the airwaves you could almost even relate that same spirit perhaps to the demonology mm -hmm. that we were just chatting about uh with radio right yeah so you got all the emfs wi-fi and all that up in the air satan is the prince of power of the air and that's the radio waves but also like these quantum computers mm. they're stored deep underground because they get so hot right and they need to cool it off and cern as well super deep down underneath the ground uh so there's this weird energy and like could spirits travel through these waves and white noise we don't really see everything we don't see we only see like 0.3 percent of stuff like we don't see anything really right plants can see stuff that we can't see and could there be stuff going around like uh thomas edison believed that uh, a lot of smart people believe that you could communicate and even capture images of spirits and whatnot through like the static noise white noise and all that yeah tesla uh, nikola tesla had an invention called the spooky spirit radio and you could like uh, shine different colors of light on it and it, it would make different sounds and supposedly you could sometimes hear like what sounded like voices uh, people have like replicated it and you can get kits now where you can sort of do experiments for yourself it's something i've been wanting to do and i will hopefully be able to do eventually because yeah i find that super fascinating trying to sort of tap into that realm a little bit and see what's going on and like you said plants can sort of pick up on these and see these these other things that are going on they have like different filters or whatever and perhaps that's why when you do psychedelics and stuff you sometimes see things uh right like maybe you're tapping into what the plants are seeing oh yeah that, that's a good point the, the book of Enoch talks about how like the fallen angels came down and and showed man how to uh, use different routes to essentially have these experiences. So, um, right. I w right. I've always wondered if like they're what they're maybe trying to do is thin that realm so that they can communicate more clearly and, and sort of get their will done. Uh, because like tapping into the true source of everything, I don't think you need anything. Um, cool. And so yeah that's just one theory i've had because there's like in the temple of hawthor uh there's uh, like mushrooms like around it and then you go inside the temple and there's a giant depiction of like a serpent um and so i think that there is something to that i've seen a serpent entity when on mushrooms so i think that that's been going on for a long time and are you familiar with the story of uh delphi and the oracle and I'm not an expert on Greek mythology, but what I understand is Apollo slayed this great beast, this great python, and and put it, locked it up in a, this pit. Uh, and then eventually, I don't know if it was Apollo or how the so how it all worked out exactly, but essentially we ended up with this character, the Oracle, who was channeling the spirit of that python up from the pit. Um, and it would always be like it's she's depicted as having like herbs around her and then there's like this steam coming up from the pit. And what would happen is leaders from around the world would come to her for advice and she would be channeling this Python spirit and giving them advice on how to rule and how to, you know, conquer and how to 
do warfare and all of these things. Um, so I found that fascinating having had an experience where I encountered what looked like a Python entity. And, you know, a lot of the technology that is ran today is based on the code language Python. So I also find that fascinating. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I was on mushrooms and uh, <laughs> sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> I was on mushrooms and I had a bad experience because, oh, my cat's here. Um I had a lot of good experiences because I was doing it like really young, like 14 and I'd go to the park and I'd go down to the strip in Vegas, which was not, not as fun as the park. And I would look at the moon and the moon looked like a skull and, uh, it was really cool. And then, um, but I was a pretty innocent kid at at a little bit, you know, and I was a teenager and I was doing it. And I'm 35 now. I just turned 35. And the last time I did it, I was a teenager and I had a bad trip, but I was doing some like, I wanted to be Tony Montana. I wanted to be Scarface. And like, I wasn't really being spiritual at all. My, my life was not really good at all. And when I took the mushrooms, it made me really wake up and freaked me out. Um, so it was a good thing because, uh, I never touched anything like that ever. Um, again, but I did still smoke weed and drink for years after that. Um, and then I gave that up about eight years ago. Yeah. So these experiences can definitely be enlightening, right? Uh, so I don't ever say like, don't do them or do them, but just have discernment. Yeah. And the thing I do is I I say, first, you don't need any of the stuff for spiritual awakening. Uh, You don't need that for that. So people trying to get spiritual awakening from that, that's just BS because you don't need that. Um, For, I know that in certain um, recovery groups, they were planning on using stuff like that for waking up people. But the more I look into that, I can even question question those motives too um but i'm looking at it like why are the elites politicians google (laughs) why is google uh pushing hallucinogens to people that doesn't make sense to me that i don't think they want everyone to be spiritual i think there's a purpose for the algos yeah so in that trip that i had one of the experiences was i came out of my body and i was watching my body sort of dance around in this very dynamic way that I I would never be able to replicate like I'm not a big dancer so that was something that was super fascinating and and sort of opened my eyes you know I I immediately jumped back into my body because I didn't want to be like stuck in some ether um but I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it right these entities that are perhaps trapped in the abyss or what have you uh, and they want to incarnate into bodies so that they can experience all the things that we do. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's sort of part of the agenda is they're trying to um, encapsulate our bodies. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is, I, I'm sure that's what's going on. Because <laughs> that's, what, that's what the Oracle was pretty much doing. And I think that now it's just been released to the public. And so like everybody can sort of start doing that now, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, there's something deep 
going on like that. That's very interesting. But how do you have you seen how this might correlate with technology at all? I mean, I think you did an episode on like the AI serpent, which, you know, to me was like hit home because of my experiences. Uh, do you have? Any oh, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, just like we're talking about the prince of power of the air, because these rabbit holes that I've been going down have been over a decade at least. Right. So it started off with, wow, there's a connection between the devil in technology right you got the bite of the apple for apple computers the quantum computers are put deep down in the ground and the electronics and the frequency of the air the prince of power of the air so first you got that connection which you know brings you down even more of a rabbit hole or, or there are entities traveling through the air right mm-hmm. um through the radio waves can you time travel through this can people come throughout these dimensions and then i started getting into quasicultal because quasicultal is is very fascinating to me um it's very ancient aztec serpent feathered serpent god and that's why the masons go down into the cave to get the serpent knowledge the occult knowledge so they go down underground you know, so speaking of going down underground, like the quantum computers, quantum computers and the Oracle of Delphi, both they were like summoning the spirit from the pit or from underneath. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this weird connection with that. And then you got the serpent in the garden of Eden with the apple kind of as well. And looking into Quasicotal, they have the order of the Q which is like a Freemasonic order. And then I keep hearing the Q stuff over the years. And Q comes from the word Koopa. And so I'm like, oh, Koopa is a Koopa Koopa, right? That's interesting. And then you think about Koopa Koopa, he's down underground and Mario's got to go down there to get the princess. And he's a Bowser. He's the great demon king. And a Bowser sounds a lot like browser. And you got daemon computing. And there was another computing term that you said, Python. So there's just a lot of connections between technology and serpents, for sure. So I'm still digging. I'm still going into it. But these connections end up through the symbolism, like the Mayan moon goddess is depicted with the rabbit. And so we're in the year of the rabbit. I'm like, okay, they're going to be UFOs. And then there's UFOs this year. So it's kind of like these are symbols in a story, I think, that is being told for everyone. And maybe we understand it subconsciously. Maybe they're invoking these spirits. Maybe it is the spirits that are doing it. I don't know. (laughs) We only see only 0.3 of what's going on. Right. Yeah. The serpent, you know, being depicted as like the feathered serpent or the flying serpent is how I saw it because the serpent was like hovering in the air. It didn't actually have feathers, but like if you were trying to depict it as flying, that's what it would look like. It was just kind of hovering in my face and I would look one way. It wouldn't be there. I'd look back and it's there it is again. Uh, So very fascinating. I definitely think there are entities that are trying to communicate with us 
And by getting us to interact with these psychedelics, it makes it easier for them to interact with us and perhaps get us to do things that uh, we otherwise wouldn't do. Uh, case in point, the serpent was offering me wisdom, right? Which is very much the story we hear in the Bible. And, but it felt very um, uh, Faustian, right? Like it, I've, I've, the energy I was getting was that something was going to happen. Uh, There's going to be a follow-up question like, okay, who do you want to sacrifice for this wisdom? You know, or something like that. That was just like the energy that I was, it was putting off. Yeah, I've had some weird weird trips <laughs> but you know what's interesting on my last trip um because i was listening to nothing but gangsta music and what did calm me down was i did put on some calmer music and it did change the whole vibe right sure. yeah music yeah. plays a huge part that's why i think we always see you know, in ancient tribes and stuff, they would be doing like drum circles and all of this to try and channel that energy into into something. Uh, like I said, there's a, this sort of correlation I see between intent, sound, and light. And so once we sort of put those all together, it, it almost manifests it in our reality is kind of how I see it. Yeah, it's uh, language. It's something that's unspeakable. So music and the notes and the keys say something to us that words mm -hmm. can't so when you watch a movie at least for me this is the introspective part is what makes me cry is right when you see all the scenes but when they play the music that's when if you notice that's when you're totally. going to be scared that's when you're going to be happy like you can manipulate the emotion through the music um big time with movies like every time uh, oh yeah they prep you for it you know they even start out with a big boom dolby right <laughs> it's like dolby doom. yeah i need to go you, buy they, some sounds like that right put that in mind like because when i make my videos i kind of do the same stuff but i'm most of my stuff is all like i take sounds and make the beats like so they're always different every time because i'm making the beat while I'm making the video or I'll have a composer play the piano for certain other projects or whatnot. Um, sometimes I will buy some audio, but I don't really do that much, but I, I do that as well, but then I'll still edit it. The sound. Right. Nice. Yeah. Well, all those little things show and make for a great video. So again, I appreciate you putting in the time and effort to create such beautiful masterpieces. Yes. Yes. Well, it's like the, my vocation, if I wasn't like doing this and I was working a job when I get home, I would be doing this. Um, right. Well, thank you so much, man. This has been yeah, a really you. fascinating talk. I, we've gone almost two hours. Uh, like you said, this is, you know, like kind of your livelihood right now. So I do encourage everyone to go and subscribe and support Donuts if you can, especially if you found this valuable, uh, you know, value exchange. The Illuminati Dolphin video. Did you get to watch that video? Because I just posted it. Yeah, I watched it right before our talk. Yeah, it was did great. Did you laugh at all? <laughs> I did. I did. It was definitely. Did you hear the dolphin? What, doing I did. Yeah, I was like bro bro really put in some effort to get those dolphin sounds in here and i appreciate it <laughs> really set the mood <laughs> yeah so if you want more illuminati news with dolphin sound effects go check out donut uh will you tell the people where they can find you 
You can find me at doe-nut.com. Beautiful. Yes, please go like and subscribe. Help support the channel. Um, I appreciate all of you for tuning in, for watching and listening. And I hope we can see you all soon. God bless. Peace.